0: Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live at our 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. services, or connect with us on Facebook. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 17. As we mentioned, of course, today the uh, uh, opportunity of activate and I'm um, excited for this moment as I uh, believe this is a defining moment for our church as we step in to not just preparing for what God has next, but we start taking steps into it. How uh, many know that we can spend a lot of time talking about what might happen or what might be possible, but at some point we put our feet in the water and start stepping in and saying, God, here we are to walk into what you have. And I believe that faith is rising, and as faith is rising, it's taking us to new levels. And as it does... It's allowing us to expose greater things or our community to the greater things that God is doing. As God uses people. He's a God of practical things. Before he ever does the supernatural, he always begins with the practical. I want you to hear this. Before he begins with the supernatural, before he does the supernatural, he begins with the practical. Remember when he fed the 5,000? Guess what he said? Put them in groups of 50. Before he multiplied and fed 5,000, he told them, do the practical before we ever see the supernatural, God always works in the faith of the practical. It's always us by faith, not knowing all of how God's going to do what he does, but doing the next thing we know God has put in our heart to do, that there becomes this willingness. And so today is about doing the next thing that God has put in our heart to do as we look to move forward in in setting things in motion here at Faith Assembly for what God has next and for what God is doing. And today, I want to look at our level of participation as we have faith to step in to what God is doing, believing that He's doing things here and now, that He's not just a God who has done great things in the past, but He's a God who is still doing those things even today. And so in Luke chapter 17, I want to talk today about our reactions and the importance of reactions. And uh, so would you stand with me today as we look at this text in Luke chapter 17, continuing with just the, uh, the, the scriptures of Jesus traveling on the road between uh, Samaria and Jerusalem Here he is, he's traveling again, and in verse 11 of chapter 17, it says, As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten lepers stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus. Somebody say, came back Jesus says that one of them they came back and as they came back he cried out shouting praise God he fell to the ground at Jesus feet thanking him for what he had done This man was a Samaritan he's pointing that out Luke is making that 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 uh, observation and pointing that out because the jews and samaritans didn't get along we've talked about that over these last couple of weeks and so what a significant moment it was a samaritan there were nine jews and one samaritan the one foreigner the one samaritan comes back and it says that this man was a samaritan jesus asks, didn't i heal 10 where are the other nine I wonder today, where where are the other nine? Where are the ones to which he has put this, this, this call and this word? He said, has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. I believe today that God wants to activate our faith in us, that we would step into the completion and wholeness that God has for us. Yes, as a church, But I believe as individuals, if you need healing, he's your healer. If you need peace, he's your peace. If you need deliverance, he is the God who is complete and all and able to satisfy and suffice. He's the God of more than enough. How many believe he's the God of more than enough? And so why don't you give him a thanksgiving praise to a God who is more than enough? (laughs) Father, we acknowledge today that you are who you are, who you say you are. We trust you. God, I pray that we would know you in even greater measure, that we would know you as the God of more than enough. Lord, I pray you bless this word, help our hearts to receive, and God, help our faith to be activated, to walk into what you have for us in this moment, in this, in this defining moment. We pray this in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, would you say amen? amen? Amen. Hey, before you're seated, would you just take a moment right now and just tell that person you came to church with how thankful you are for them on this Thanksgiving. Just tell them how thankful you are. Almost wanted to remind some of you, y'all are in church now. That's a, uh, you keep that special stuff at home. Uh, just kidding. Thankful for you. That, uh, Jody and I, our family, we're thankful for, for you, thankful for this family, thankful for the body of Christ, and uh, grateful and believe even greater days ahead of us. One out of ten, that's what, that was the return that Jesus got on this miracle. It takes place on the border of Samaria and Galilee. Somewhere in this vicinity, there's this miracle that happens and one out of ten come back. Jesus hears the call of nine of them crying out and nine of them are crying at a distance because they're lepers and they're not able to get close to anybody, but they hear that Jesus is coming and they cry out in this moment and of course, Jesus heals them and one of them comes back. One of them, in response to what Christ has done, comes back to that place. I want to take a moment today, as I said, and just talk about the importance of our reactions. The title of this message is, this morning is this, is The Comeback. I, uh, I don't know if you know anybody who's good at comebacks. Do you know that person who can think on their feet and they're witty and they've got that ability to make a remark in just a moment. Do you, do you know someone like that? They've, they've got a comeback. Sometimes they can be a little, you know, uh, smart about themselves and snarky and the little attitude that can go with it. But even when it's not the best, you got to admit there's some skill in the ability to give the comebacks in our house, Jordan is the comeback queen. I mean, she's the one in our house that can that, that can have the comebacks. It's it, it's always fun. It's those moments, and it's just something to laugh at. I, I just if there's a conversation, I'd just like to be quiet sometimes, just to hear what she would say because she's got her subtle way of just making the remark that just causes everything to shift to be hilarious. It's great. If you don't know what I'm talking about, let me just give you a couple of these that you might be able to be inspired. I don't know if this would inspire you or scare you, but a couple of comebacks. Here's one that that you might be able to use. This is a mom uh, and a a mom with an embarrassed teenager. So that's the picture here. It's a mom with an embarrassed teenager. The, The teenager says, mom, please stop. You're not good at making jokes. To which mom replies, I made you, didn't I? Oh, that was, that was pretty funny. Here's one. Uh, th- this is what someone says when they're disappointed by somebody, you know, that, that, that they're disappointed. I, I think of Miss Judy sometimes because if, if you don't say something in our meetings when she used to be on staff, she would give you the look. If, 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 if you said something that wasn't appropriate, you'd get the look. And so maybe that moment someone disappointed you, here's what it is. You, you could say to that person, I'd give you a nasty look, but you already have one. You guys aren't nice. You shouldn't laugh at that. That's not. This is maybe that person that you've like had enough. You know, they've been around a little while. And it's like, okay, it's time for you to not be. A, uh, anyway, I don't know. Here's, here's one. Listen to this one. I, it says, uh, you are really going to go far someday. And when you do, I hope you stay there. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. All right. Some of you are like, I can't believe he's saying this stuff. Oh. How about this one? You are going to find the smartest spouse. You will find the smartest spouse because opposites attract. <laughs> okay, I got one more. Just tolerate one more. This is, for the, this is for the mom who's dealing with the daughter having a bad attitude. Now, y'all don't know what that's like because we're a perfect church and we don't have anything like that. Go, I'm glad you're laughing. Uh, so this is for the, the mom with the daughter who has a bad attitude, uh, you should eat some of that makeup. Maybe it'll make you pretty on the inside. <laughs> easy now, easy, y'all. It's supposed to be lighthearted and fun. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you gotta ruin the moment. Like, you're supposed to laugh at that, not like, you know you, you, know you like that. Some of you are like, oh, no, no, no. Just, just. <laughs> you know that it's the comeback. It's the ability to, to respond, to think in the moment, to react. And And I want to talk today about the importance of our life being defined by our ability to react. Our ability to respond in the moment. The person who has the ability to make the comeback, to give that that certain reaction. It's because of what's inside of them. I want to ask us today, what's inside of us? What is it that when we respond to life, how are we reacting? How are we coming back to the moments and the things that take place in our lives? Recently, I've been struck by this this thought as I've been reading in my personal time through First Kings and been taking some time through that and, and uh, I've been recognized, I've read it before and I'm, I know this, but every time there's a good king they're always associated with David. They followed in the ways of their father David. And then if they're an evil king, it says that they practiced and did the same things as the sin of Jeroboam. And so you've got David with the good kings, and you've got Jeroboam with the bad kings. And so if you're a good king in the Bible, you get aligned with David. If you're a bad king in the Bible, you get aligned with Jeroboam. And I look at this and think, what makes David in a different place than Jeroboam? It wasn't because David had no sin, because I would remind you, David had his own issues. David, of course, had an affair. He, he lied. He cheated. He killed somebody. He killed the, the husband of the woman that he slept with. David was not a perfect man, but yet God called him a man after his own heart, and here are two individuals that one has the heart of God, and the other is now associated with the sin of the people, and it's the sin of Jeroboam. What makes all the difference is literally this, the reaction, because it wasn't their actions that made the problem. It was how they reacted to the problem. Because David, when he was confronted by Nathan the prophet with his sin, David stood up and David said, Lord, forgive me, against you and you only have I sinned. David repented, but Jeroboam, when he's confronted, in 1 Kings chapter 13, Jeroboam is confronted with his sin. That there's a prophet who comes in and says the Lord wants you to know that your kingdom is not going to be established. God is going to put an end to it and here's proof. The altar's going to get split in half and God's going to show you he's not for you. Jeroboam sees the very thing that God is doing and the Bible says he rejected and continued to do and make the sacred things of God common. He rejected what's the difference between a man after God's own heart and the one who's plagued with the sin of Jeroboam. It all has to do with the reaction. What I want to say to you today is your life is not defined by the events of your life. Your life is defined by how you respond and how you react and how you come back to the events that have occurred in your life. There are events that each and every one of us will face, and we can have issues of, of, of circumstances outside of our control, and we're not identified or defined by life's events. In fact, you can hit moments where you get feeling defeated and put down, but you're not defeated, because how many know you can respond to that, and you can, in the response, become an overcomer. What's the difference between someone defeated and someone overcoming? It's the reaction. It's the response. It's how we respond in that moment. I want to ask us today, what is the response of our lives? Because it's the response that, de- that, de- that causes us to be defined. What we do matters. But how we respond and how we come back matters even more. How, how we act is so important. But the heart from which we act Makes all the difference. To define means to give definition or means to identify the nature of something. It it gives means to identify what is taking place, where it's coming from. I wonder today if our reactions, the way we act or the way we react to, to life and the way we react in moments, does it define the nature of faith that's taking place in our lives? Do we respond with faith? Are we responding and reacting with faith or does fear step in? Or do the continual things that that have always been plaguing and continuing to keep us, our, is our reaction making all the difference? I've uh, shared before that some of me, I'm I'm a recovering people pleaser. I'm a recovering individual who's dealt with insecurities and uh, those things that even in my, not until my adult life, that it really came to light of, hey, there's some things surfacing here that I need to deal with. And as I began to deal with some of those things, recognizing that there's issues that I've got to confront. There's some things I've got to deal with. And in the process of dealing with those things, I didn't always feel good. And then there were moments that still the feelings come back that all of a sudden thoughts come and remind you and make you feel like you used to feel in the past. But how many know the way I feel isn't my problem. How I respond to how I feel is making all the difference. Being the way I feel isn't the issue. My dad got delivered of alcohol. He's got a story that God turned his life around. When he met Jesus, he quit drinking. His life had a total change but I appreciate that my dad told me when I got a, a little older, he said to me, and because I asked him, I said, so dad when you quit drinking, I said, did you ever feel like going back to drink again? He said, absolutely yes. He said, there were moments, even after I was saved, that I felt a certain way and I thought, these are the moments I would go back to drink. He said, but I made a decision and I knew what it was, what made a difference was he may not, he may have felt like drinking, but he responded different to his feeling and in the reaction that made all the difference that changed everything. Just because you feel a certain way doesn't cause you to be who you are. It's how you respond to how you feel. It's how you respond to that moment, how you react in that moment. That is the definition of who you are. And are we people responding in faith? Are we people responding in faith in in the place of giving an allowance and allowing God to set a new order, a new place, a new direction? Our reactions determine a level of healing and the way that we react determines the level of healing that we'll walk into and it'll determine the level of healing that we carry into this community. I want you to see in this scripture that we read, there's three things and and three levels of healing because there are three different words that Jesus uses to speak of what happens in this person's life, in these individuals' lives. It says that they were cleansed as they went. It says that one of them recognized he was healed and then one of them came back and as he was healed, Jesus said, now go. Your faith has made you well or whole. There's three different words here to describe this healing that took place in this man. And I wonder today, what level are we moving to? You see, because God doesn't want to increase our faith. In fact, the disciples asked Jesus, just the text before this, they said, Jesus... How do we increase our faith? Help us, teach us how to increase our faith. And Jesus says, if you've got faith the size of a mustard seed, you can speak to this mulberry tree to be uprooted that just faith the size of a mustard seed can change things. God is not wanting us to increase our faith. He wants us to activate the faith we have to increase the level of where we've been before. God doesn't increase your faith. You take the same amount of faith you've always had, and God takes you to a place you've never been before. It's not do you have greater faith. It's are you activating the same faith God has given you to walk into a greater place than you've ever been before. That we would allow that faith to take us into a place, and here are these individuals, 10 of them come to Jesus. There's 10 of them that are gathered somewhere on the border of Samaria and Galilee, and they're crying out to Jesus. They must have heard that he's coming. You see, because his reputation preceded him. I wonder what kind of reputation do we have when we come around. What does our faith look like? What does our faith smell like when we get around people? What does our faith produce around other people? How does it look? How does it smell? What does it produce? What kind of faith are we putting off in the world that we're living among? When we talk to people, what are they hearing the faith coming out of our mouth? Because how many know you don't just think faith, you speak faith. Before God ever moves upon your life, he moves upon the words that are spoken. I wonder what faith are we speaking, what things are we setting most? How are we reacting and responding in the moments that God has given us that we can step into a new place? There's 10 of these lepers on the border of Samaria and Galilee. Notice this, they've not been with anyone for a while except themselves. they have in a colony because they're unclean. And if they would go to be around anybody, they would have to announce, unclean, unclean because they had a condition that was contagious. It was a a flesh-eating disease that would literally take limbs and and some of their faces, parts of their their face would miss because they were eaten, their their flesh would would be eaten and it was just a a horrific condition. And so they hadn't been touched. Nobody had loved them. No one had put arms around them. No one could touch them. They lived with broken people and if there was anyone around them, they couldn't console them because some of them didn't even have arms to console. And so they lived in a place of loneliness and brokenness and despair. And they're standing at a distance, but at a distance they cry out, Master, Savior, have mercy on us. And how many know Jesus loves the cry of broken people? There's not a cry that he'll not hear, and Jesus hears the cry. And notice what Jesus says. He says, go show yourself to the priest." He didn't even say, well, if you'll say this prayer, if you'll do this thing. He didn't say anything but this. He didn't touch them. He didn't do anything. He just said, go show yourself to the priest. Now, how many know that that was a level of faith for them? Because they knew the law. You don't go into the priest unclean. But how many know when you're desperate, you'll do whatever it says? I wonder if the church has lost its desperation. Because when you're desperate, you jump at every word. And there's a passion that says, if he said it, I'm doing it. But how many know when you're no longer desperate, you don't need to jump as much anymore. Because you're good. You're in a place where you're comfortable. You don't have to move as much. But when you're desperate, because how many know when he said, go show yourself to the priest? Let's all be real. That don't make sense. You want me to go show myself to the priest? I'm broken I've got leprosy, but you want me to go show myself to the priest. But how many know when you're desperate and you just need a miracle, when you need Jesus, you'll do whatever it takes. Do you remember when you were so passionately in love with Jesus and he said, whatever it takes, here I am. Do you remember when that passion? How many know this is not the day for the church to lose the passion? This is the day for us to remember we're still desperate for the presence and the hand of God in our lives. May we never get so whole and so good that we're laid back and we no longer need the desperate power or the work of God to move in our life. I don't know about you, God has healed and delivered me. I'm a generational preacher that God has delivered, that God has put in place that I came from a line of alcoholics but God set free and gave new purpose and direction. Guess what? I'm not sitting in a culture and saying, well at least for me and my current family, everything's good. No, there's a world that needs to know the gospel of Jesus Christ and may we never lose heart to say, we We need the spirit of God if we're not desperate your faith won't get activated because you know why your faith gets comfortable your faith just settles in your faith says this is good but oh to remember how desperate oh Jesus son of David have mercy on me When we lose the the, the heart, when we lose the heart of that, we we miss the moment that God is wanting to take us to. And here comes this place of level, and it always begins at this level of desperation. I don't know about you, but I'm convinced that if we're going to see God do anything in this community, if we're going to see anything good happen, it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You say, then, Jason, then why do we need to expand and do certain things? Because before God ever does the supernatural, He begins with the practical. He always begins with the practical always begins with the step of faith on our part to move forward to step in to join him into what it is that he's moving what level of faith will we move into this is what I want to challenge us today that 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 we would react in this place of responding to in a level of faith that we have I want to give you these words that that identify this healing that's taking place and and here's the first one It's up here on the board. You can uh, look at it on the screen. It's Greek, y'all, so I don't know Greek, but someone said if you just say it with confidence. So this word right here, kathariduzer, or this word. Uh, this is the first word that, that it's used in the original that says that as they went, notice Jesus says to them, go show yourself to the priests. And how many know without making sense of it, they just went on their way to show themselves to the priest? Because they knew you don't get a clean bill of health until the priest approves you. And so they went, but they went by faith because they were still broken. But by faith, they went towards the priest. The Bible says, as they went, they were cleansed. This word cleansed is this word that I believe just the starting point that literally this is where we get the root word of catheter like a heart cath that when you have a heart catheterization something that's done the whole idea is to remove a blockage and this word literally means to remove blockage how many know that when we activate our faith God removes the blockages that have been standing in the way and keeping us from what God wants some of us need to step out and activate our faith because it's a tangible practical thing that God wants to use to remove some blockages that have been caught up in things of life Things you didn't even realize were hardening in your heart. You didn't know it was there, but the moment you went to the doctor, the doctor said, hey, you've got a blockage. You notice you've been having a certain reaction, and you notice a reaction, and so you go to the doctor because you notice a certain reaction, a symptom, and the doctor says it's connected to a blockage. How many know sometimes some of our reactions are connected to a spiritual blockage that we need to allow the Holy Spirit to practically work in? And activate our faith is sometimes just what the doctor ordered to start removing some things because he works in the practical to set the stage for the supernatural. I want you to hear that, church. We're going to celebrate what he did in the the womb of of a virgin. But how many know the miracle took the practical willingness of a teenager, Mary, to say, I'll say yes. He always does the supernatural through the practical. And if you ever think you can take away the practical, you won't have faith. And if you don't have faith, it's impossible to please God. If we don't have the faith to step in to that place and moment, maybe today that this, this level of God wanting to cleanse and, and walking in that place, here is the ten, the ten of them. Hear the word of Jesus. Go and show yourself to the priest. And so all ten go and show themselves to the priest. And as they go, they're cleansed. There's a blockage that's removed, and that blockage makes way for the healing that God wants to bring. And then secondly, it says this, that one of them noticed he was healed. And this word, you know, up here, I E O E I E I O. Listen, you know, I'm not going to pretend to be Greek on, on you here, okay? So I, I, ju- I know how to read and I know how to study, but uh, I don't know Greek. But this word has to do With repairing, and literally it's like broken bones coming back together. How many know that when you come to Jesus and he cleanses you, you now have a peace that gets restored. Your joy gets put back in place. Your identity starts to take shape again. You start getting put back together. How many know and remember the moment that Jesus began to mend and repair and put the pieces back together? And I believe that there were all ten of these would have experienced some level. I bet some of them, this is how good Jesus is, some of them started seeing their nose grow back. Some of them probably had limbs that started making their way back. And now, all of a sudden, they get to this place, and there's a restoration that's happening. And as they walk in this restoration, they notice this. How do they respond to now things that are coming back together? And The Bible says one of them, a Samaritan, came back to Jesus. And his reaction was different. And his reaction came back to Jesus. And, and here's what, what I noticed. Uh, of course, Jesus hears him because he shouts. How many know sometimes when you remember what Jesus did in your life, you can't help but shout a little bit? Yeah, yeah. some people say, uh, man, they, they get loud when they worship in that church. When you know what Jesus did in your life, you can't help but shout a little bit. Now, we keep it in a place where we want to make sure that it's, it's decent and in order and appropriate. But I think according to Scripture, it's appropriate every once in a while to give him a shout of praise and to give him thanks for what he's done in your life. It's appropriate at moments just to acknowledge how good and faithful what God has done. And here this man comes back. He's shouting, praise God. Why? He healed him. And he comes back. And here's what it says. He falls at Jesus' feet and he's giving thanksgiving. He's giving thanks. Can I tell you what the picture of thanksgiving, I believe, is? Here's what the picture of thanksgiving for me is. Thanksgiving is the natural response when you get so soaked, you can't help but have it come off of you. When you get so soaked with who Jesus is and what he's done with you, you can't help but have a reaction of thanksgiving. When you know, it's like it gets deep on the inside of you. These other ones, I believe God did a work in them, but it didn't go as deep as it did for this man. I mean, this man came back. This one man came back to Jesus to give him praise. I'm not making a judgmental statement. I'm making an observation. It looks like something deeper happened in him than it did in the other ones. I mean, they got a touch. They got touched. Good things happened. Nine of them got touched by Jesus. All 10 of them got touched, but one of them had a whole deeper encounter and experience. I don't know about you, but I want the kind of faith that goes to a deeper encounter and a deeper experience. I want to experience the stuff that I get soaked in and it just comes off of me because I can't help but come back and give a praise to God because of who he is in my life. That there becomes this response. Notice Jesus says to the man, says in front of the disciples, Did I not heal 10? Where are the other nine? Where are they? What are the 10 of them that came and and all 10 of them? I gave them the word, go show yourself to the priest. And they all 10 went and they were healed. Did I not heal 10 of them? Where are the other nine? I want to ask you today, church, where's the other nine? Where's the other nine that he spoke a word and said, when you were broken and beaten and left for dead, the good Samaritan came and raised you up. Did you forget? Where's the other nine? Did you forget that I met you in your place of despair? Where's the other nine? Did you somehow get comfortable and think, this is good? This is where I'll stay. I like it here. What happened to the other nine? I don't know. Maybe they went to the temple or to the priest and the local priest was like, yeah, we don't really like what Jesus is doing. So the local priest, yada, 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 giving him some word. Maybe the other nine were like, yeah, we're Jews. We want to be the good Jews. So we're not going to go to the Jesus route because Jesus doesn't do what the traditional Jews do. And so because he doesn't fit with our style, maybe we won't go, I don't know what happened to the other nine. I don't know, maybe, maybe it was somewhere along the way, they're like, you know what, we're healed now. We're Jews, this man's a Samaritan, let's separate because we're nine, he's one, we don't want anything to do with him. Isn't it funny how misery loves company? When we're all broken, they got along together, but now we're healed, so now we don't know how to deal with ourselves. Because how many know misery does love company? I mean, misery loves, sometimes the best things that unite us are our misery. We're never more united than when someone bombs us. We're never more united when someone flies planes into places, We're never more united, but we don't know how to stay united when we start rubbing against each other and say, oh, but you're red, you're blue, you're an elephant, you're a donkey, you're on that side, you're on that side. We don't know how to deal with each other when everything's going in a place that it ought to heal because we only know in our human brokenness how to relate to each other in our pain. But we don't know how to relate to each other in healing to go to a whole other level to allow our faith to take us to another place. If he healed you in your brokenness when you were a leper standing on the side of the road and he gave you a word of healing, I want you to know he healed you. He knows how to give you a word of healing in the place where now your nose grew back and your arms are back. He knows how to give you a word of healing to walk through that conflict and that difficult place that you're going. He knows how to activate your faith to take you to another place of wholeness. Come on, y'all, that's preaching. That's truth. That's, that's, that's truth. And we're going to have to ask ourselves, what kind of reaction will we be in this day? What kind of church? Will he come back? And notice what Jesus said. It says of Jesus that when the Son of Man returns, will he find what? Faith on the earth. Will he find faith on the earth? When the Son of Man comes, when he comes, will he find faith? Will he find the activation? Will he find those who say, I didn't need to get greater faith. I just activated the faith God gave me to take me to a greater level to take me to another place, a place that I've not yet been, that we allow that faith to move us into that area. This is my prayer. What happened to the other nine? Maybe they noticed they got their stuff. They're good now. We're good. I can go back home now. I can be with my family. It's like I need that touch from God until next time. Except I don't think God wants to make you whole to just give you a touch till next time. He wants to give you a touch to get ready for what he has next. He doesn't want to just give you another one to keep going to the next time. He wants to give you what you need to be ready for what he has next. This last word is sozo, and I know how to say it because it's S-O-Z-O. I got this. I speak Greek to you right now. It's sozo. It means salvation. This word sozo is to redeem. Here's what I love. My, 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 my. Jesus takes my past and washes it away and makes me as if I've never sinned and then clothes me in his righteousness and gives me his power that I can walk in his authority. Now I'm completely whole. My past is forgiven and my future is set. I am made complete all the way around. He's got me from the back. He's got me from the front. I am surrounded. I am so, so in Christ that I am complete and whole. He's got me at every point and to get to every level, it's another step of faith of trusting him, not responding to how I I feel because my feelings aren't the problem it's my reaction to how I feel that's going to set the course and become the identity of who I am in Christ and so I want to encourage us and ask us today what's our response in this moment what what is it that will respond that when we activate our faith I believe God activates a miracle how many believe he's a God of miracles he's a God of miracles he's a God of more than enough he's a God who has more would you tell your neighbor tell me, he's got more come on tell somebody around you this morning tell me, he's got more Here's the question, how will we react? What will be our reaction? What's our comeback? What's our comeback? I pray that by faith we quickly respond to say, God, I'm going to step out in faith. And I'm just going to take you at your word. Because somewhere we're on the border of something great happening. And I don't want to stay on the border. I want to step into the next place. I don't want to stand on the border and say, you know, we're somewhere near something great happening. You know, someday something's going to happen. You know, someday we're going to, you know, someday we're going to get ready. We're going to get ready. We're, we're about to. We're going someday. No, this is the moment, is now. And in order for us to step into that next, in order to move into that, we have to have faith the size of a mustard seed. To say, God, I'll trust you in this. How will you react? It's our turn. How will we react? Our lives are defined by how we react in life's moments that we trust God and here we are in this moment in a defining moment our lives are defined by the reaction of faith that we give and as a church today is our defining moment today is the defining moment that we get to make a decision inside an envelope that was on your seat when you came in today is this moment we've been preparing for we've already met with our leadership team and those that have been a part of our this journey and this process of we don't know what all it is but we're on the border we know what God is about to do but we don't know when we're not in charge of all that but we're on the border of something and what do you do when you're on the border of something you step out in faith and you say God we're going to start moving in a direction because we know you're up to something When you're on the border of something, you either make yourself comfortable on the border or you say, Lord, we're going to step out and activate our faith into what it is that you're doing next. We're asking you today to join us and respond with that excitement of, Coach, it's our turn. It's my turn. We're going to ask you to pray about what God would have you give. And and in fact, it's that childlike faith. All we need is faith like a child. And And I'm just wondering if we've got that faith today, to respond with faith, to say, God, we're ready to step in. In fact, just to start it off, I want, is Maddox here? Come on, Maddox is going to help us give, Maddox, can you come up here? Come on, but, oh, he's even running, that's right, he's excited, he's going to start things off for us. Are you ready, Maddox? Come on, get up here, get up here, all right. Maddox, who's that money for? Oh, it's for High Five Jesus. It's for High Five Jesus. You see, you got to understand the, 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 the story here is that Maddox gets some money. Who, who gives you money? Your, your mom and dad give you money. Well, that's nice of them. So, mom and dad, when they give him money, they said, hey, you got to take that money to church and you got to give your money to Jesus. And so, Maddox started a couple weeks ago giving his money to Jesus. He's got more in there. Can, did you get it all? He went into my office to put his money on my desk. Now, folks, he doesn't think I'm Jesus. Trust me. But on my desk is what I have called high-five Jesus. And so he came into my office, and he put money in front of this. I found this. It's this home decor thing. It's this Jesus who's sitting there, and he's got his hands like this. And I saw it one day. I thought, That's a high five Jesus. And I thought, how cool is that? That Jesus is in heaven saying, hey, high five, I'm a part of what, we get to be a part of what he's doing. So I put in my office and Maddox came in and I said, hey, Maddox, it's high five Jesus. You can give Jesus a high five. And so when mom and dad told him, your money to Jesus he brought his money to high five Jesus so every Sunday he brings his money into my office and gives his money to high five Jesus and I thought church this is our moment that we get to respond with childlike faith are you ready to give high five are we ready you're gonna be high five no okay here we go so you gave your money to Jesus do you think other people should give their money to Jesus yeah I, I wonder today if we say God high five I want to be a part of what you are put me in, coach. This is a moment, a childlike faith. What is it that this moment for us to respond, to do what we can in this place? So I want to take these moments as we sing this. This is a defining moment for our church. We're going to pray. Can you pray with me? We're going to pray for everybody, and we're going to ask Jesus to speak to our heart. And what we're going to do, we're going to pray. And when we say amen, I'm going to ask you if you will. No one's forcing you, and I... I say this sincerely. The Holy Spirit directs us because what I believe is this is an opportunity to be a part of what God is doing. How will we react in this moment? Will we act in faith? Say, God, I'm in. High five. High five. All right. Father, would you speak to our hearts? God, would you give us faith like a child with excitement and because... our father spoke the word that's enough so we bring all that we are before Jesus and we even high five on the way because we know it's our joy and it's your joy that we can be a part of what you're doing in these days so spirit of the Lord I pray that you would speak to every heart that's here God that you would direct us with what you would want us to do God that we would honor you and please you father as we step out in the practical act of faith we believe, God, that you'll provide the miracles. So do it in each heart and in each life. By your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, we're going to sing this song, and I'm just going to encourage you. If you take a moment in this sacred moment before the Lord, it's our turn. It's our turn.